Well, holy shit. Three years. 150 episodes. It's actually more than three years and more than 150 episodes because of the way that I've numbered them in the past with bonus episodes and two-parters and blah, blah, blah. But in the current numeric system that I'm using for this show, we are at 150 over three years. So I wanted to take a moment to acknowledge that and say thank you to everybody who's been here since the beginning and everybody who has joined along the way. Doing this podcast has been uh, one of the most meaningful things in my life, one of the most enriching things in my life. Um, And uh, outside of friends and family, it's the most important thing in my life. So with all that said, I guess I just want to say thank you. And uh, here's to 150 more. Let's get on with it. This week's episode is brought to you by Patchwork Seattle, our lovely little synth shop here in the Pacific Northwest. Please visit them at patchworks.com. That's P-A-T-C-H-W-E-R-K-S.com to get your hands on some beautiful equipment from AI synthesis, recovery effects, mystic circuits, uh, schlappy engineering, make noise, after later audio. I mean, the list goes on and on. WMD, Qubit, Instro, um, 4MS. I mean, I, I could go all day. But I don't want to waste your time because you need to be spending that time visiting patchworks.com. And while you're there surfing the the inner tubes, why don't you visit needhamwoodworks.com too? Because I know you've got that case that you built out of plywood, you know, that's just like a square or maybe maybe it's a rectangle. Let's call it a rectangle. Um, A square is a rectangle but a rectangle is not a square. Remember when you said that in like third grade and you'd say it all like high and mighty? Like, (laughs) did you know? Um, Anyways, visit NeedhamWoodworks.com if you want an actual beautiful piece of artwork slash furniture slash functional piece of music gear uh, for your case. NeedhamWoodworks.com. Hello and welcome back to Podular Modcast. My name is Tim Held and I'm excited to bring you this week's chat with David Rothbaum, an amazing synthesis um, who does some really, really cool videos um, out in nature, kind of like myself. Uh, there's a lot of that going around these days because it's, uh, well, because one, it's fun. Two, it's really pleasing to look at and listen to. And three, uh, there's been a global pandemic and there's fuck all else to do. So we're going to chat with David about his musical journey, about uh, films we like, and his work with Needham Woodworks. But before we do that, there's a few things that I want to talk to you about. The first thing is I have a new EP, new-ish EP. It's been out for a couple weeks now um, on Bandcamp, selfcenterrecords.bandcamp.com. It's called Remote Performances Volume 3. It's uh, the track that you hear right now is a bonus track if you purchase the album. Um, but yeah, it just consists of uh, some of the tracks that I've uh, recorded out in, in the wilds. Um, and speaking of those tracks that I've been recording in the wilds, I have a lot of videos up on YouTube. And I'm, I'm getting so close to that meaningless but somehow meaningful to me 1,000 subscribers on YouTube. <laughs> I feel like it's, uh, it's such a weird... The world's so fucking weird. You start hearing these 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 stories that like the main thing kids say now, like when you ask them what they want to do when they grow up, is they want to be a YouTuber. And to me, that's deeply sad. But 
Am I the old curmudgeon who thought my dreams of pursuing an artistic career was sad uh, because they didn't get it? Um, do I not get something? I mean, I'm, I'm kind of like one of those kids. I have a YouTube page. I'm talking about it in the hopes that you subscribe to it. One thing I'll never do earnestly, though, is ask you to um, subscribe and smash that like button. And the one thing I definitely will never, ever do, I'm saying it right now, so if I ever do it, I want you to call me on my bullshit, is I will never, ever say, and don't forget to sign up for notifications every time I... And I know that's how this works. I know that's how you're supposed to do the thing. I don't want to do the thing in the influencer sort of way. I just want to make great art, and I don't know how else to share it with people. I guess Vimeo, maybe I'll start a Vimeo thing, but that's just another thing that I'll constantly be checking on my phone. Are you checking your phone too often? Oh, it's so fucking gross, but I, I do it all the time. Constantly refreshing stuff. I've got, I've got my, okay, well, actually, the Discord's cool. I like, the Discord is, I feel like, a healthy thing, because I can go and I can see what you're all are talking about, and I can chime in, and, and that's, that seems like the healthiest version. Instagram is getting grosser and grosser, but it is still, like, it's the best tool I have for outreach other than the actual episodes. Uh, Facebook, fuck Facebook. I've been off it for over a year now, and I haven't looked back. Get off Facebook now. If you, I, I know I've said this a lot before. Um, it's a cesspool. There's nothing good that can come out of Facebook. But it's got me thinking a lot lately. Well, not, not thinking, noticing that people that I've grown up with and my family members, you know, people that are my, you know, people who are my, my groomsmen in my wedding, people who were at my wedding, people who were at all my birthday parties growing up, are um are are, uh, are are changing in a, such a crazy way and then you say well am i changing and it's like of course it's a little bit of both but you know one of my uncles who i'm i'm closest who's one of my closest uh you know he was one of my relatives that was you know a close friend he got me he's the reason i'm a musician and why i love nature so much huge influence on me um we're not talking right now because i posted some joke on Instagram about the fucking QAnon shaman I, that during the Capitol raid, and, and he was like, you think that's real? He thinks it's fake. He thinks that the Capitol, the, the storming of the Capitol was all a stage, and I don't know if he thinks it was Antifa staging or if all the government, but basically he, he's been doing a lot of weird YouTube stuff, a lot of, uh, he's, he's really into these false flag attacks that are supposed to happen that never happen that he warns me about. And uh, he told me that uh, he had to block me on face on on Instagram because uh, he thought my my ideas, my beliefs were dangerous um, because I made a joke about the QAnon shaman. He lives in a cabin in the woods by himself most of the time. So, what do you do about that? Oh, you know, a, a, a f- my cousin shared a. a pretty fucking gross racist meme with me the other day and it's just like I don't even want to take this bait What? because there's, there's no conversation to be had it's just like this I don't know what I'm trying to say I guess this is my long witted way of saying that if you want to help keep the show going in it's current capacity or even grow 
what I can do with PodMod, please visit us at patreon.com forward slash podular modcast. Um, I really would like to do this USA tour someday. Um, and if you have any ideas about some bonus content that you'd like, let me know. Uh, I've got a bunch of Zoom videos of the episodes that I, I just need to prepare. I'm going to upload those. Some already exist on the uh, on the YouTube. But there's going to be some new announcements coming soon. And there's definitely going to be some cool stuff coming this year. And uh, Patreon uh, subscribers will benefit. Um Wait, no, that's not the way I wanted to say it. There's going to be some cool bonus shit coming up soon. Anyway, I've rambled way too long. Let's do a demo and then chat with David. All right, let's talk about the Vertex from Warren Electronics. I introduced it to you last week, and uh, you got to see how uh, it's not just your regular old stereo VCA. It does a lot of really interesting things. So I decided that I would... um, I'm basically going to do... Something very similar as last week, but I'm going to just use a little bit more of an interesting patch to show you uh, how how cool you can can make something. So first, I've got this this same sample on two decks of 4MS, but they're at different spots. So one is looped really short, and it's triggering the other side, uh, and then that's going into Morphogene. And I've recorded that, and then pitched it down and messed with that to turn it into this. And then I'm going to blend those together. Now let's take all the CV, make sure there's okay. So there's no CV going on with Vertex, and it's just wide open. So it's basically doing nothing. It's just the the signal's passing through it. So let's just mess with this skew knob. I can turn it to the left so you can hear the left channel. Uh, The right will cut out, and then uh, vice versa. So here's our left side. Here's our right side. Really similar sounds because uh, they're, you know, it's the same sample, just different pieces of the sample. But they're not identical. And I did that on purpose. I wanted them to be similar, but not identical, because I wanted to show you how you could use this in a really complex way to just make something sound really freaky, <laughs> for lack of a better term. Um, so I'm going to turn the gain down on the. Uh, the uh, vertex. Now I'm going to use it as a standard VCA. Got the skew right in the middle. I'm going to um, basically use it like a tremolo. I'm going to send a really fast slope into it. Let's turn the CB up. So that as opposed to this. So the gain all the way up so I can slowly fade that gain down. So you can give it more of like a less of a square type uh, tremolo. So there's still a little bit of that dry signal leaking through, but I'm going to turn that all the way down because I like this square tremolo uh, style. Now I'm going to mess with that skew knob manually. So right, left side. So still, you know, not not all that interesting um, as far as you know CV routing and whatnot. But now I'm going to add a really slow, well, uh, slower than what is opening the VCA. I'm going to. Uh, add just kind of like a slow ramp into the skew and I'm going to turn the CV knob for the skew to the right Um, and now I'm going to turn the skew knob to the left so now you hear the left side but because the CV knob is turned to the right when I feed this uh, this signal into it it's going to 
fade the right side in, if that makes sense. So pretty cool. For, so just as a reminder, this is where we started. And this is where we end up. Then of course I can turn the skew knob to the right and then the CV knob to the left to just reverse what we're doing. Because these sam samples are so similar, they probably won't really um, won't really notice that much. But what if I pitch one down? Now that stereo field uh, feels a little bit more prominent. Maybe I slow this opening down too. few modules, turn some pretty simple sounds into uh, a really ornate stereo swash. Warren Electronics Vertex. Go check them out, warrenelectronics.com. Well, David, thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, you first came to my attention on Instagram, which it sounds lame to say that, but that's just how I find a lot it's of a people. Thing. It's a thing. Yeah. It's um, yeah. um, But... I was drawn to your stuff because you do, and you've been doing it longer than I have, um, but you do similar stuff in that you go out into nature and do a lot of nature uh, videos with your modular. Um, and the videos look great. The patches sound great. And I want to get to all of that. And, and I heard word on the street is you're working with Needham Woodworks lately. That is true. So I want to get to that all of true. that. But I want to okay. get to know you first. Um, you got a lot of synths and you got a tape machine behind you. You got electron stuff. You've got a mono. Looks like, uh, you know, like a piano record player, <laughs> nice lighting. So where did yeah, you get sure. started? <laughs> uh, so that's, you that's, play guitar. I know too. <laughs> yes. Um, that's kind of where it started. Um, it's a rather circuitous route to, to where all this is, but, um, yeah, I started, 14, 15 years old when I, uh, it was a lot of heavy metal. Okay. Started with metal and metal kind of, uh, try to keep this relatively brief because it is a long <laughs> path. Um, so it was a lot of heavy metal, heavy metal kind of, it's like led into more complicated heavy metal, like going from like Iron Maiden was a huge thing. I think to this day, mm -hmm. still yeah. an awesome thing um and then that was kind of like a taste of more complicated music and then that led to the shred metal thing you know mm -hmm. i did that for a little bit that kind of went into Prague, Prague fusion it's a little kind of a dark area there mm -hmm. and then from fusion went to straight ahead jazz 
jazz, uh, really abbreviated version of all this. <laughs> jazz went to, uh, I went to school for a little bit and then uh, kind of became disillusioned with that. And at the, around that time, I discovered Frank Zappa's music and John Zorn. Okay. And then that was kind of like a huge thing and led to all that. That's kind of like the beginning of all the weird music. Yeah, yeah. You know? I, I love that. There's always, there's always something that grabs you early that wants to make you a musician. But then once you've been in it long enough, if, and it sounds like you were a seeker as far as I feel like some people get into music and then they listen to the same shit their whole lives. And then some people get right, into right, music right. and they can't stop looking for the next thing that, you know, blows their mind basically. And, and yeah, you always end yeah, up in really, true. you end up in weird territory when you're, when you're like, when you're a seeker, I think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's good. And I, and what, what had happened was, is I was going to school and I was about 17, maybe 18 years old at this point. And at the time, like, you know, I was learning sight reading and doing the jazz thing and the school I was going to was kind of encouraging being a studio musician or a touring musician. Mm -hmm. And that had a certain set of requirements. You had to be a really good musician. You had to be able to sight read, all of this other stuff. But the whole pursuit of it kind of like veered off of music. And it was like, oh, well, you got to know this person and you have to have a business card. Mm -hmm. Granted, this is before the internet and all that. But, uh, and it became like this business thing. And I got really disillusioned by all this. Um, Cause it's like, I, I didn't, you know, spend all this time and love music so I could try and get a gig doing music I disliked because it, you know, it was a job. So I became really disillusioned. And then this kind of happened at the same time I discovered John Zorn and Zappa, much to the chagrin of all the people I was going to school with. <laughs> um, and yeah, and then I was like, I don't, I don't want to do this and kind of just veered off into weirdness there and, uh, Zappa, weirdly enough, is the reason I started doing electronic music because I, there, he did a record called Jazz from Hell in like mid 80s, mm -hmm. which is all Synclavier and it's all him, right? Well, I'm sure he had a number of technicians to work the Synclavier, but I fell in love with this record and I fell in love with the idea of being able to do everything myself. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, oh, this machine, you don't have to deal with all the politics of bands and all that other stuff that you run into. And then I researched it and discovered that a Synclavier at the time was half a million dollars, <laughs> which was rather significantly out of my price range. So I did like kind of the, the, the cheaper version, which is a uh, Alesis MMT, which is a little hardware sequencer, TG33. So this is like early nineties at this point. And then a uh, Emacs two sampler, okay. which was basically like, FM synthesis and sampling and a sequencer, which was what Synclavier was. So that that's where that started. Yeah. And then from there it went to, what did I do after that? So I was doing a lot of, like I was trying to program all of these crazy polyrhythms and stuff into this like very four on the floor type sequencer. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And then eventually I got disillusioned with that played in some industrial bands and did a lot of that sort of thing and quit all of it because um, <laughs> i was playing guitar and bass and then all the synthesizer stuff because um, i discovered the music of eric dolphy the jazz saxophonist and my father 
was a musician and had a clarinet in the closet. And I heard, I heard Eric Dolfito was like, fuck all this. I'm going to play, I'm going to switch and drop all of this and play clarinet. So I did that and I got my dad's clarinet out of the closet, but I knew so, so little about it. Um, that I didn't realize that the clarinet was hadn't been played in 30 years and it was in complete disrepair. Uh-huh. But I didn't know. So I tried to learn how to play this clarinet and it's you know completely screwed up. And now, you know, later, obviously, you can't really play a clarinet that doesn't work because it leaks and squeaks. But it was great. And so I started doing all of this experimental improvised music with that. And eventually, sorry, I'm getting to the modular <laughs> thing here. Hey, no rush. Eventually, no rush. We got an hour. <laughs> um, so I was doing weird stuff with the clarinet and like sticking it in water and, you know, multiphonics and circular breathing and all this like kind of extended technique improv, improvised stuff. And then I started adding the electronic stuff started coming back in. Like I would take these old oscillators and then it became pedals. And I think this is a... The familiar route, yes, even though the pedals were being, I was playing clarinet into pedals, but it's the same sort uh-huh. of thing. Um, so I had like the, the Moog pedals and whatever. So I had this pedal board, sorry, cat. <laughs> a, a um, surprise cat that happens, I would say every, every 20 episodes, a surprise cat jumps into frame. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This cat has grown up sleeping on synthesizers. Um, <laughs> And so, yeah, this, this, I have a friend, so I'm, I'm doing that, right? The clarinet and electronic stuff and a lot of improvised music. And at this point I was doing a concert series with some friends and, uh, had a record label, a small record label. And my friend was going, having going away party. This is like maybe 2004 or something. He's having a going away party. He's going to Germany to school and he had just ordered a synthesizer. And I'm always early for stuff. And I ended up at his house early. And he's like, oh, you should come upstairs, check out this thing that I got, mm-hmm. right? And I had been doing like hardware synthesizers for a while, but so I go upstairs and he shows me and it's a dope fur uh, synth. Like at the time you would buy them like as a, a whole mm-hmm. full case. And this is before I think the only person that sold them was somebody in on the east coast in virginia or something like that and he got in this thing and i was like baffled by it i had never seen anything like this mm-hmm. and he's like oh yeah mess around i'm gonna go get ready for the party he goes downstairs and does the party needless to say i was in his bedroom <laughs> for the entire party i was just completely like yeah awestruck this was like i this is the thing you mm-hmm. know this is the thing that and i was you know, I didn't know how the oscillators worked or whatever, you know, because mm-hmm. I'd always done fixed sets. And uh, yeah, so, and this is the part of the story that I think is pretty familiar too, is after that experience, it's like, I'm selling all the pedals <laughs> and then you just start. So that was probably around 2004. Okay. And there's been like a wave of different formats and right. what have you, but yeah, and different styles. Because when I first started doing modular it was still doing improvised okay. stuff and i was playing with the clarinet and doing improvised music and then eventually kind of leading to where i have been for the last uh, okay four or five years yeah so yeah because you you kind of hit on something that i wanted to talk about with you in that like when i was you know doing my my deep dive into you pre pre uh interview you know once i was like oh he's doing cool stuff i went to your band camp i was like oh this is really pretty 
you know, nice, you know, nice music. I'm going to go get some of the albums on Bandcamp. And then when I got to Bandcamp, I noticed that the stuff on there was like from like 2008 and before, and it was much different. So when you say that you're still doing something like I, I immediately thought, okay, He's an early adopter of Eurorack, maybe even like Five U stuff way back in the day, and he's been doing modular for a while. As far as like this this third wave or whatever you want to talk call right, it, right, what's right. happening now, um, yeah. And I just I was I'm really curious about that progression. And this is just a hunch I have, but this could be off. I, you, is your is your daughter in some of your videos? Is that your daughter? That's she is. Now yes. I'm, I was wondering. She looks like she's about the age where she would have been born right after these darker pieces of music were made, and now this lighter music that, exists. That's a, absolutely. <laughs> you nailed it. Well, well, it's funny because so it was improvised music, and then the stuff that's on Bandcamp is this project that I did for a number of years called Monstero, mm-hmm. which was like super, super minimalist drone music. Um, and there was like the conceit of the whole thing was that it was field recordings of imaginary spacecraft. Okay. Which, of course, is ridiculous because (laughs) space is a vacuum. (laughs) Yeah, you know. But So it was like these 20-minute pieces that had uh, very slight changes. If you jumped around, you would hear Mm -hmm. how it changed. But as you're listening, it's kind of Mm -hmm. hard to perceive. And uh, so I was doing that for a while. Then, yes, I got married and had a kid, and there was maybe a four-year period where I wasn't doing much because, yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's, a, it's a lot of thing. And yeah, and I came back and started doing, I mean, I've always loved, like, new age music and stuff. I, mm-hmm. I was into that, too. I mean, again, my little history there was very <laughs> brief, <laughs> uh-huh. but there was a lot, of, a lot of that, too. So yeah, absolutely. Uh, having a, having a, a, a daughter... Definitely. Yeah. I, I'm changed. Things. I just think that's like a fat, like I, w- I was, I was hoping I was right because if I wasn't, then that this whole, you know, conversation, I, I was trying to, you know, go down the road of would have fallen flat, but I'm, I'm curious because my wife and I are actually, we're trying, um, but we've been trying for a while. And it's now it's, we're starting to get into kind of this, like where it's, it's kind of wearing on us, um, emotionally and stuff. Right. Um, and so, like, I, I, I think I, my head space for the last, you know, year and a half or more since we've been trying, I've been, like, trying to put my, my head space into, like, you know, what's it going to be like to be a father and stuff. So it's, like, when I see other people who are kind of do similar things as I do, I'm always kind of interested to talk to them, almost like I'm gathering data for for right, this expedition right. I'm about to go in on or something. Well, the thing is, the thing is about having a kid, first of all, it's the best thing, you know, it's amazing, is that no matter how much research, because I, I, I remember being in your position, mm-hmm. uh, you do, it's like, yeah, it doesn't yeah. matter, <laughs> you know, it's like, it's, it's going to mess with you. It's, it's so, it's such a radical shift. Um, but, 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 yeah, I mean, I guess it took us about a little over a year. Okay. You know, we were like, you know, and it, it obviously varies from, from different people, but I felt it's funny. I, did, I, I I hadn't really thought about that, but uh, a lot of my music prior was definitely darker. Um, but then when you have a kid, I don't know if I want to. That's not what I want to give her. You know, right. that's not the like the the energy that I want to be around with her. And it's also what she's given back to me. Right. You know, mm-hmm. I can see that. Um, and it's like when you're around a kid, it's like, yeah, it's great. It's like especially. 
last year or more has been pretty dark for all of us, right. you know, mm -hmm. and being around it's on the one hand, it's really difficult having a kid at home. Um, cause it's hard for, for them, but also like that level of just positivity around with the kid is great in a, in a time like this. So yeah, I think it wasn't a conscious decision, you know, but it's, it's, yeah, it's, that's definitely a progression that happened. Yeah. I'm just, I'm so interested in like the, the, the psychological and, and the motivational, um, you know, fires that cook within our creative, you know, minds or souls or whatever. Um, right. And how much of it is con like, how much are you conscious of? And, um, so you're saying you didn't really plan on that or even kind of register that until later or recently. Yeah. And it's, I mean, the thing that I did, I do remember thinking is because I, cause I had a whole noise phase where I was doing some harsh noise and which is tied into that, that stuff that I think you, you were referring to. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I know a lot of noise people who kind of shifted into new age too, but you have that little thing in the back of your head, like this is kind of sentimental, you uh -huh. know, and a lot of my music now is really sentimental <laughs> and it like having a kid and just is being okay with like, that's the way I feel. Fuck it. Yeah. I'm, that's what I'm going to put out. I'm not going to like force something that, you know, when I was in my twenties, I was a little, you know, all of that. 20 year old stuff yeah and yeah. as you, you become older and you have a kid like and just sort of going with that you know yeah it seems like for, from what i can tell talking to you know parents um having a kid really seems to shatter that like that caring what other people like shattering any like i, I don't care what people think's cool or any like because it because it shows right. you I've see, my my sense is it is it shows you something so much greater than yourself that you're like you're almost like awakened to this, like, oh, none of that meant anything before. Right. Um, right. You know, it's funny you mentioned too, like, you know, going from noise into like new age. I, I wonder sometimes like, you know, I'm at, you know, when, you, when I'm at my weirdest and darkest, like as far as what I'm craving musically, I wonder sometimes like with this thing that we were talking about earlier, like these, this kind of seeker's journey of what you're going to like to listen to, like, when I'm when I'm in my seventies, if I make it to then, um, am I gonna just be listening to like Buck Owens? Like, is it gonna come full right. circle? Am I just gonna listen to right, like right, Candy right, Pop right. or something? <laughs> Who knows? I mean, honestly, the thing that I listen to the most, I like, I do my music, and I, try, I keep up with try to keep up with my friends, mm -hmm. is. Billie Eilish and Weird Al Yankovic because those are the two things uh -huh. that my daughter loves and so that's what's on all the time and I'm, and I'm I totally I'm totally down with both of those things uh -huh. but yeah so who knows yeah, who knows where it's gonna be you know I mean I still love most of the music there's a couple phases of things that I was listening to that I I don't go back to but yeah I still listen to like 80s heavy metal yeah. I love that stuff you know yeah I think I was I I've, I don't know. I, I'm convinced that I'm maybe one of the most unlucky American generations as far as music goes. Cause the shit that I was listening to in my early, you know, my preteen into teen years, I was like, I was a child of that new metal, the NU metal. Right. And, I, and I'm sorry. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's some of the worst and like post grunge alternative. All of that is mm -hmm. like, I think mid nineties to, you know, 2000, 
early 2000s was like one of the worst years or one of the worst times for me. I mean, there's good stuff in there, but I... There always is, Yeah, yes. I, I can't... I Some of the shit that I listened to when I was a kid, I'm like embarrassed to say, you know? <laughs> yeah. But... I, uh, on, that, on that note, this is completely random, but uh, speaking of Weird Al, he did... He do, I don't know if you know, he does these like polka medleys. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Which are not his most popular things. Uh-huh. He does one of that era. Oh, God. And it's so good. Okay. It's going to make you like <laughs> the thing about Weird Al is like he could take a song you hate uh-huh. and make you love right. it because yes, it's Weird Al. Totally. So yeah, um, I'm also curious about. So one thing I noticed, and I see the 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 photo light behind you. Um, yes, your your videos look great. Are did you like? Oh, did you. you train at all? Did you go to school or anything for for photography or anything like that, or did you just kind of self taught? No. Self-taught for the most part. I mean, my day gig is working as a tech in post-production. Okay. So, you know, the film world is kind of something very familiar to me. Mm -hmm. But no, I just, you know, it's fun. It's like music is my art and photography and video is kind of like second you know uh, i just because i like combining those two things i'm yeah that's exactly where i am right now and i'm i'm yeah i know you've been doing i'm super too, new yeah. to it like i got my camera and i'm you know shooting my first video outside of iphones and just you know just editing an iMovie on the phone i've just been doing that since right. september really um but i'm just like i'm obsessed like last night i was i have lights out here and i'm trying to like set up shots in the house and um, and, mm-hmm. and I get these it's, ideas and then I go to try to execute them and I'm like, this is really hard. Like it's hard. It's definitely hard. I've got yeah. like, I'm like, Oh, I might be really good at this in my head. And then it's, it's like the singing in the shower thing. And then showing up to the, to the band practice and singing right, for right. real. And you're like, Oh, this was way better when I was, um, yeah. So I was curious with, with how you got started with that. Um, it was, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of inspiration. Like I think. One of the things, like, it's just developing your taste. If you know, like, the thing that you like and you're like, that's really cool, Mm -hmm. you may have no idea how to get there. But if you have that idea and you you have the patience, I think with all of these different instruments and all the shit that I've done, like, the one thing that I've definitely learned is, like, it takes some time to do it and mm-hmm. you have the patience and you're like, okay, well I'm, I'm going to suck for a while. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then eventually, eventually I'm going to figure this stuff out. It's like when I started with the, the monome stuff, mon- everybody pronounces it a little uh-huh. different, um, uh, which I absolutely love. Uh, like the teletype and all of that. Um, it was completely baffling to me. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like, I had no idea and I would go onto the lines forum, which is also, an awesome thing. And I would just read these threads and I was like, I don't, I don't know what the fuck any of this is, mm-hmm. but I just kept doing it and reading it and reading it until it like, Oh, and then like, you know, you start to connect the dots. Yeah. And I think that comes from practicing. Like, Definitely. you know, I want to yeah. play this baseline super like a, you know, Iron Maiden baseline and I can't do it, but I'm just gonna do it over and over and over until, you know, like you just kind of build that. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I've been. Oh, nice. That's, what, that's beautiful. Yeah. That's what I've been up to. Oh, is it a five string? No, just a standard, uh, jazz oh. bass player series. Nice. Yeah. I've been, I've been Very doing nice. exactly, uh, not Iron Maiden, but like just practicing <laughs> like arpeggios. Cause I'm a guitar player, not a bass player. Right. And I play bass like a guitarist and I want to change that. So, yeah. So uh, yeah, it is. Right. It's t- you're right. And and so that's what and, I'm doing is just constantly going out and shooting and shooting. Um, yeah. And, and the same thing with modular. 
sorry, I totally interrupted your your story. Oh no no no, it's okay. And my cat is coughing up a hairball. So hang on one <laughs> yeah, second. No I'm gonna, I'll be right back. <laughs> oh sweetheart, it's, okay. it's okay. This is a pod mod first. That was a sorry about that's that. That's all right. That's a pod mod first. We've had plenty of dogs and plenty of cats, but never a fur, never a fur ball. So, um. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it's a danger in here. Uh, yeah, I think I think so. I wanted to ask um, also just because you kind of you mentioned the post production thing, um, unless unless you didn't button up what you're saying. Sorry. Um, oh yeah, I kind of lost my train of thought. <laughs> the hairball sort of distracted me. <laughs> Um, so you wait, do you do music, like, like, like music production, post-production for, uh, no, for, for film. Okay. So like setting up, uh, editing machines and visual effects machines. I I like the tech side. Oh, okay. Very cool. Of doing all that. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, so you, I guess I'm, I'm wondering about like, because your stuff looks so good and you're like, how, like your, your day job has to have influence that if you're constantly seeing professional grade stuff is that kind of leaking in or is it more from what you're maybe watch i think it's mostly like the artists that i like because a lot of the i mean the stuff that i like professionally it's mostly television commercials okay is the the world so it's like i kind of don't like right right (laughs) it's television commercials (laughs) i mean it's it's uh, the the people who do it are really good at it and i admire the craft but Mm -hmm. No, it's mostly like my weird taste in film and a lot of other, you know, people who are doing uh, videos, you know. Yeah. There's a lot of inspiration that you can find, you know, that is corny or whatever, talking about Instagram. There's a lot of great stuff on Definitely. there, you know. And, and, and Annie. Yeah. Got, I, I feel like, like, I don't know if Eli was the first person to do the nature modular stuff, but he certainly... I think exploded it and now it's, you know, it's, it's become, yeah, totally. It's, it's so much totally. like it was so much his thing. And so many people started to do it that it's almost gotten bigger than, than it's like, it's, I don't know. I, I kind of feel bad that every, that, I mean, I'm part of it too, but um, I, I like when stuff like that happens because everybody tries to put their own spin on it. Right. Um, well, it's, well, it's interesting for me. Um, Again, just coming back to the the Eric Dolphy thing, because I've been doing aging myself with every everything I say, <laughs> but I've been doing the outside thing for a really long time. Uh-huh. Like my my initial inspiration is I had heard Eric Dolphy when he was younger, and even when he was older, he would practice outside with his flutes in particular and try to mimic birds. Oh, okay, which is just a really beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. And that's, uh, when I was doing this, I was living in downtown Los Angeles. And uh, at the time, it was pretty run down. And there was a lot of abandoned buildings and stuff. So what I used to do with my clarinet is I would, kind of inspired by him, is go, it wasn't a lot of birds because it was downtown Los Angeles, but I would go into all these abandoned buildings and practice and improvise. Because mm-hmm. that was, my practice was improvising, which it still is even though I'm doing it on modular synth and it's much more tonal and there's melodies and stuff, it's still improvising mm-hmm. and, and, and what I learned from doing that. So in terms of doing this stuff 
like going outside and making music and, and doing that. I've been doing it for a long time. Obviously, I didn't have video equipment with me, uh-huh. you know, and then that eventually turned into when I was in doing the modular synth, I would, when I would travel, I would bring a synthesizer with me, but I didn't have the, the power stuff sorted. So I would do stuff like in hotel rooms, okay. which is, mm-hmm. you know, and then that eventually graduated to, yeah, figuring out the power thing and okay. going outside. So of course that was something, um, I feel like, I feel bad asking you how you power your stuff because I always, I feel like I've said so many times on so many different outlets how I power my stuff, but every time I post a video, somebody it's the asks question I get every single time. <laughs> so that's the question I get asked the so most. Let's get it out of the way. <laughs> um, I lent it to a friend, but the main one I use is a company called Chiffon, mm-hmm. which is kind of funny. And it's a 300 watt, it's about you know the size of a lunchbox, maybe a little smaller. Okay. Uh, 300 watt uh, generator. Okay. And it'll last, you know, because I've I've taken some big cases out, mm-hmm. yeah, and it will last five or five or six hours. Okay, I've I've noticed that. I was like, shit, that's a huge case outside. Um, okay, and I use like four modules. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, I use a Max Oak like battery, USB battery. It's about yay, right. yay big. Um, so everybody, maybe I'll I'll put the links in the show description to what we use for our stuff. I was using yeah, that that Polyend. Uh, anywhere, but you just you it doesn't power very much. You, it doesn't power very much. Yeah, very and normal. when I've done things when I've hiked, because most of the time I'm in my car, which is why I can carry the big case, uh-huh. and then I lug it into some stupid location and you know whatever, and then forget the power cable or <laughs> something. I've done that so many times. Um, but when I'm hiking, I have a smaller, uh, like. Uh, battery yeah you know that's much smaller that'll fit with a like a pallet case yeah. or something. yeah i've got a for you that i'm like i brought with me on my uh wyoming trip with the poly end and i'm going to keep the poly end um because i did figure out a system that i can use on that um it took me a while to get you know right. get where i could play like five minutes of listen toable music and unfortunately i kind of figured that out i was figuring all that out and and i hadn't figured out how to shoot you know, with lighting or anything like that. And I was in the most beautiful place in the world. And I had this big grand idea of my Wyoming stuff being this like amazing art. And, uh, yeah, it's like, man, I just, I can't go redo that just really quick. Right. (laughs) Right. Well, there's a couple of things. I think one thing in terms of photography, I think it's much harder to photograph something beautiful than to like be in your studio and do like cool close-up shots is way easier than, because I don't know how many times, you know, I, I do a lot of hiking and I think you do too. Mm-hmm. Um, and you'll see this amazing thing. You're like, oh my God, this is so beautiful. And you take all these pictures and then you come home, you're like, yeah, eh. <laughs> yeah. you know, that's, that's not, that's not the feeling that I was feeling when I was there. You remember it, right? but you're like, no. So I think when you're doing the, the video stuff, it's so hard to like really nail what you're actually experiencing and seeing mm-hmm. that's a really hard thing to do yeah. you know whereas like if you're in your studio you can kind of manipulate things and make the lighting cool you do a close up and you do as you know the focus definitely and there's like these little tricks you can do to make it look cool in a more generic environment right you know? yeah i'm trying to um yeah I, like just the practice thing like you mentioned earlier like i'm just trying to constantly do it because that's that's how i will eventually get good at it and that's how I was with modular. Like I knew I wasn't making my best music because I kind of like restarted after years and years of getting, you know, comfortable with this certain type of gear to just totally switch. 
And now right. I'm trying something I've never tried before. Um, so I'm just constantly practicing. I'm also trying to like watch as many like great directors and I'm like trying to read, I'm reading like a book by uh, John Sayles right now. I'm just like trying right, right, to like right. soak my brain in this stuff. So I'm kind of always thinking about it. Um, but you mentioned you, I, I'm, I'm curious, like you, you mentioned some like that you're, you know, you like to, you know, like you like movies and, and, and kind of weird artists. I was wondering if you, I mean, I'm sure you have, have you seen uh, stalker by Tarkovsky? Of course. Yeah. That's, really yeah, that's favorite, yeah. been like my biggest, I would say so. Go that's ahead. like I'm my sorry. biggest, like influence. I'm trying, I just like the way that's shot and the, and everything like, cause it's, some of it's kind of unremarkable scenery that he makes look remarkable by the frame. Exactly. It, yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, I have, I used to have like maybe 2,000 DVDs or something uh-huh. and Blu-rays. <laughs> it's now shrunk down to about 10, and that and Solaris are the ones that remain. Yeah, yeah Solaris is probably my favorite. But okay. Yeah, it's amazing, amazing stuff. Yeah, yeah so who, what, what else could you point me in the direction of? Because I'm kind of just, I'm just cracking my head into this, into this kind of like more like artsy, a, well, you know, like... Cinematography stuff. Yeah. Um, I would say that is, I mean... Uh, it doesn't get much better than that. Okay. Or uh, Holy Mountain. Uh, okay. Alejandro. Uh-huh. Ju- I, I can never pronounce yeah, his name right. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Uh-huh. That's great. Um, another of my favorite films is Robert Altman, uh, Three Women. Okay. If, you, if you've seen that one, that that movie top to bottom is amazing. Okay. It's amazing. The way it looks, the sounds. Yeah. Okay. Then David Lynch, too. Of course. Yeah. Is, yeah. Yeah. That's kind of obvious. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. I, I, it's funny. I, I just revisited Mulholland Drive, and it's it's such a love. It's not a love hate because I don't hate what he does. But there's this, there's this. There like every once in a while, I'm just like, oh fuck you! Like you don't even <laughs> know what you're trying to say. Like you're you're right. you're deliberately fucking with me right now. Like <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he does that. <laughs> I'm. Have you seen the one the uh, What did Jack do? Is that I that? think it's called. Where he's interviewing the monkey. Oh my! I loved that. I that so I was cracking up. Dude, that's that's one that's of the so funniest great. things I've seen in a long time. Uh-huh. For the listeners, that is like a fifteen-minute short on Netflix. Uh-huh. Where, yeah, I love that they just superimpose somebody's talking mouth onto this this uh-huh. capuchin. It's like, ugh, so good. Um, yeah. I'm curious about. So, I mean, I'm sure it has to do with just time and everything, and, and being a parent. And a professional is, is time consuming. But do you have any plans to release kind of your newer style music as an album? Or are you, it seems like you're deliberately keeping it in a certain type of style, not, not only in format and, and sound, but like the, the, you know, length. It seems like, it seems like you're very, very, like, I know you have some longer videos, but most of your videos are like a minute long. And that's the world yeah. we live in. So I'm wondering, is that your reaction and your adaptation? Well, there's or? there's a lot to that actually. Uh, one thing is is I I it, there is a, a release coming out on uh, Mystery Circles. Oh, hopefully awesome. next month. We're waiting on some artwork stuff, but it's it's done, and uh, it's actually a collection of forty of the tracks that I've done in the last four years okay like i've done like 300 and something uh-huh. or other that i put out on social media and so this is a, a collection of those tracks uh 40 of them that i actually had a nathan moody master which was awesome 
amazing considering that they're 40 tracks over four years and like all these disparate locations yeah. and weird that was absolutely necessary and he did an amazing job um so that's that that is gonna come out soon um but in terms of the format it's like when this i don't i honestly don't even remember when i started doing the instagram thing um it's a little hazy but it's like when you think about it the history of recorded music so much of like we think of like the three minute pop song mm -hmm. you know but a lot of that was based off of 78s could only have a two minute song right so you you're kind of limited by the format or movies are two hours long or an hour and a half so it's like and whatever drives that if it's markets or technology or whatever so it it kind of makes sense like okay well this is the format we're working with you know i remember when instagram was 15 seconds mm -hmm. you know and then they extended it to a minute mm -hmm. and so i was like this is great because i actually really like short compositions and i think it's a really interesting challenge to like have an arc that's followable and like you, you know, you start here, you end up there and it's like in a minute and you feel like you've listened to a real piece of music as opposed to, you know, oh, this is just like some little thing I'm fucking around mm -hmm. with. And so part of the reason I'm releasing them is I always felt like I, I try to do to the best of my ability, you know, and write a good piece of music and make the video kind of cool. And I put a lot of effort into it. It's not like ephemera. It's not disposable, even though the medium sucks mm -hmm. you know it's like most people hear it on their phone and there's all the the you know the aliasing and all the weird stuff that happens with the audio and the video as well um that it would be cool to like present this stuff the way it actually really sounds mm -hmm. and there was also an inspiration for doing that is uh uh brian uh Lightbath mm -hmm. did his series of uh, uh what is it called selected public works mm -hmm. On tapes and I was like oh I you know and I actually talked to him I was like you did this this is great I kind of want to do the same thing but I want to call you and make sure that you're cool with it uh -huh. and I'm not like ripping off your idea and he's like yeah, it's totally fine yeah so yeah that's I I'm so happy to hear that because after you know after you know after I noticed that trend I was I I, I figured and I hoped that it was very deliberate and, and I, I'm happy to hear that that's a really I, I agree with everything you just said um and I'm also interested in, like, I I try to make my stuff not too long. Like, my longest, like, remote performance video is probably, like, going to be, like, 10 minutes long. And I think right. that's twice as long as I want it to be. And it's not, and part of it is because that is just the world, that's how the world consumes this type of media right now. But also, like, a lot of the stuff, especially on a battery-powered synth, like, it's an imposition after minute six mm -hmm. to make you listen to this thing anymore you know? right right <laughs> right well the the thing that i think is interesting about it is that yeah so like try to find something compelling for a really short period of time mm -hmm. and not to get because i mean there's a there's all this positive stuff about the social media stuff but i think it's kind of smaller oh, than all the sure. negative stuff yeah absolutely you know yeah. Uh, i prefer to focus on the positive side but the negative side is like psychologically you could start getting pretty weird about like oh well do i do the thing that you know this thing got you know this number of likes and why is that and then you start analyzing it and you're like oh well it's because of this and that and the other thing and then you start thinking about the content of your music and whatever and 
that's a really dark road to go down if you start Absolutely. thinking about that stuff. It is totally. And I'm, I'm, I've recently, I'd say over the pan, like the the quarantine time, I really, I really like went on a journey with that um, because with the podcast and stuff, you know, I, I I'm trying to grow my YouTube because I just want to grow the show and I want to like, I'm I'm able to do this semi professionally. I would really like to do it professionally. Like right. that's the only reason I'd ever want more followers or to make any money. It's just so I can keep doing the thing that I'm trying to do. It's you know? such a weird thing because, you know, like I've made so many great friends through this and uh-huh. I've gotten work Same here. through this, yeah. you know, and like all that stuff is really cool. But then like, you know, you're talking about this outside thing and now I have this big Needham case and I don't actually have a portable case anymore. Okay. Uh-huh. So I'm kind of switched. Like the, the release of this record is like kind of an end uh-huh. to that uh-huh. thing and I'm going to try to be doing more studio stuff that has that's using more instruments some of these other instruments mm-hmm. it's not just modular though modular is definitely a central thing but you start you know you go down that well people are you know follow you because they like the pretty pictures right that you right, post and right. if it's all studio stuff now it's like no you just got to do what you want to do mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and hopefully that that stuff works because it is like you know, I, I, I ran a concert series and I had a, a small record label that was pre-Instagram and, and, and social media. And I, I would do small runs of like 50 to 200 mm-hmm. cassettes and CDs at the time. And thinking about that, like, you know, I'd have a good selling CD, which would sell 200. And you think that's 200 people have heard this music. You post something on Instagram and, you know... Three or four times that it gets heard. Mm-hmm. Now, is the is the goal to have as many people? Absolutely not. Yeah, but it's exactly it's cool, and it's validating, and you make friends, and it's nice to be able to like have a, a shorthand with people who get what you do. Mm-hmm. You know, absolutely, yeah. And I think I think you're you hit the nail on the head um, with like, yeah, you're going to switch this up, and you're going to start doing something different than what you have been doing. But like, you just you got you have to do as as far as I'm concerned this is what I figured out for myself. Like, I'm just going to do what I want to do. And whoever, and, and if I can have followers, fans, I feel like the followers, Whatever. fans, yeah. friends thing with, with this new world we're in, is kind of a weird whirlpool. Um, that's way more interesting to me. So like at, I was, I was, you know, okay, the podcast is getting bigger, more, more companies want me to demo their stuff well i should start doing demo videos and it was just it was very shortly into my demo making like the shot and this mm-hmm. this parameter does you know i was like why right. the fuck am i doing this <laughs> div kid is way better than me like like loop up we have heimbach we have all these people well heimbach doesn't so much do that but he doesn't do demo, there's so yeah. much more I, I i guess there's just so much more like and the look mum, no computer like there's all these different types of niches that have been filled a uh, mylar melodies, you know, what am I trying to get into that ring for? I'm like, is it just because they're bigger than I am and I want to be as quote unquote big as them? Like what's like, I really started questioning like what it's a slippery slope. It totally yeah. is. And it started to be and like, even if you don't yeah, gross, you know, like I don't want to fucking do that. Like, <laughs> right. Even if, even if you don't do all that stuff, just the train of thought is like, kind of mm-hmm. off-putting and kind of gross. Absolutely. Like you said, you know? it, it's like, it really oh. is. And that's why I'm trying so, to do just like, is like, 
I want to make short, weird films, and that's what I'm going to do, you know? And, and if you think about it, when I, what, what calms my, slows my role when I uh-huh. go into that uh-huh. sort of uh, way of thinking is I think of all the people that I admire, and they just, they're just, they're, they just do the them. Totally. And it's this weird combination of like this and that and whatever, and this kind of mushes it together, and that becomes that person. And they didn't think too much. You know, I think if you start chasing that shit, you're, yeah, that's a bad, bad road. Well, yeah, it's, it's, it's. And in a way, it's like dumping water on your like creative fire because you're not thinking like, I mean, there's a creative aspect to it, but you're thinking more like, I don't know. I don't know what the word is. I'm trying to find the right word because it's not so much businessy, but like, yeah, it's just this. It's sort of, but it is it, it isn't. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But yeah, this, I could talk about this stuff all day. Um, I think we all could. Yeah. 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 (laughs) (laughs) So I want to know how you got hooked up with, with Eric Needham and, and, and what capacity are you working with him? Um, Eric posted perfect segue. Eric posted on Instagram Uh that he's looking for somebody to do some part-time work. And since the pandemic, uh, I've been, I was a, like a nine, well, it wasn't nine to five. It was like 10 to seven, uh-huh. <laughs> uh, my, my day job, um, ended because we were basically, it's a, a post-production place. So people come there to hang out and make television commercials, which obviously in the middle of a pandemic, nobody's hanging right. out. So my job, uh, ended and I've been kind of freelance for the last year and kind of looking to do things and looking to switch things up and to, I've been getting some more composing gigs oh, cool. and do more music stuff and, and that kind of thing. So um, not that there's anything good about any of this, but trying to like turn it a little bit positive. Anyway, to get to your question, Eric posted a thing that on Instagram on a story that kind of flipped by that he needs somebody. And so I just, uh, uh, cause I had been following him for a while and I, I remember he was on your show, mm-hmm. which I listened to cause I, I had this awful commute. Um, <laughs> when I had my job, I was in the car for like almost between three and four hours a day. Oh my gosh. So I like digested a lot of, uh, uh, podcasts. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, and I, I wrote him and we had a phone conversation and we hit it off and yeah. So I'm doing like customer service stuff. Okay. Uh, for him, like helping people get their stuff shipped and like answering questions because, you know, it's an, an enormous amount of work to put into building these beautiful, mm-hmm. you know, cases and dealing with the, emails and you know it it gets kind of so the idea is i'm helping him with some of that administrative stuff and customer service stuff and he can just focus on building that's awesome that is so cool and you know it's what's been really cool about doing this show for three years is becoming friends with people like eric and you know these these modular manufacturers that i'm now friends with and when i talk to them early on in the show it's just like a one-person operation and, right. and over the last three years, I've seen so many of my friends get to the point where Eric was, where he he can't do the full job because it's gotten too big. So it's just, it, right. it's so cool. I love that. I just absolutely love seeing my friends succeed and grow and then also be able to oper- offer opportunities to people like you to like, you know, take this next step. Um, right. You know, yeah. And it's, and it's. Definitely cool because the to just be involved in the thing that I love doing, even if it's not direct, it's you know dealing with shipping and what have you. Right, but right. you know, it's like I what he does is amazing. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful stuff, and I love being a part of it. So yeah. you know that yeah, it's great. That is so awesome. 
Um, and so you recently just got a case. Correct. How many, yes. how many of you is that case? Um, it's 1,050. Wait, is yeah. that 1,050 HP? Yes. Oh, okay. yeah. Sorry, not you. Not 150 <laughs> you. No, Jesus. No. Uh, sorry. 1,050 HP. Yes. Wow. It's uh, 22 U, 150 wide. 150 wide? Yeah. yeah. Holy shit. Mine's, I think, 120 and 5 U. Yeah, that was the one I had previously. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Yeah. That is cool. Yeah, you can't, you can't bring that out on a hike. <laughs> well, what I was, I was thinking, yeah, I mean, it would be really funny if I did. Uh-huh. Oh, he would kill you. You know, it, it, yeah, it would be like, I'd have to, you know, have like seven people. Yeah, it would be hilarious. And like, a, yeah, I was actually thinking of doing that. Like my, my last outdoor video would be this giant case uh-huh. in the most remote location I can find. Yeah. I'm trying to think of a way I can make like a, a like a absurd sci-fi comedy short with my case as being some sort of monolith-esque figure of the movie right. or something. I yeah, this, right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I was also thinking, well, to get back to what we were talking about earlier, like one of the things about the, like the social media stuff is like there's kind of tiers of the things. Like if I post a picture, just a picture, not video, mm-hmm. of my synthesizer outside, people love that shit, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. That's probably the most popular thing I can do. And then it kind of goes down. Like if I, if it's actual music, less, uh-huh. you know, and like, and so you get a little weirded out by that. Something. And there's been so many times that I've screwed something up when I've, you know, I take all this stuff and then I'll forget the power supply or I'll forget some, the recorder or it's not sharp, it's some dumb thing. Mm-hmm. So there's probably like eight or nine times that I've done something stupid like that. Um, not to mention the ones where I, I, because I always write the music on the spot. Mm-hmm. I always do the patch on the spot. Like, I'll do it and I don't like it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'll do them, and there's been a couple of videos where I screwed it up, and it's just, the synth is off, and it's just like a field recording of this beautiful location, and then I get as many responses to that <laughs> as I do to my actual music. And like, oh, man, that's, that's weird. <laughs> I mean, it's okay. It's fine. And there's actually on the on the album. There's a, a one of those tracks is actually on. The, it's just the field recording without the synth. Okay, but, nice. So what I was thinking of doing is like setting up here in the studio like a green screen, uh-huh. so that I could just you know <laughs> I could because I still hike all the time. Uh-huh. Just do the hike, shoot a minute long you know static shot, and then I can green screen my yeah. You, I mean gigantic synth in there. No, I, when I first the first Wyoming video I posted was right in front of. Uh, the Tetons and I was literally right. like right at the Tetons and every, like I got a bunch of people like, is that green screen? It's like, fuck <laughs> no, no, I'm, <laughs> I'm in the middle. You're of actually <laughs> here. You're doing this. It's yeah. like, I, I could have just green screened this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think it's really one of the things, you know, there's, there are a number of people doing it and, uh, uh, what's her name? Helene. I'm probably oh, getting yeah, her name yeah. wrong. Mm-hmm. Vogel singer. Vogel singer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, whose whose music is amazing. Huge fan. And she does yeah. she does a kind of a different take. It's it's some of them are natural spots, some of it's like a an abandoned building. Yeah, I love and, that stuff. So it's like a but she also does the thing where she's, you know, patching on the spot, which is I think in going back to like the the minute long restriction. It's kind of great to have these limits, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like I can only write for a minute. I have to write it there. 
only with this gear or whatever, you put these restrictions on yourself. I think that's actually really helpful and, oh. and, oh, sorry. And, uh, uh, an interesting challenge. And when you're, and I'm sure you know this from the stuff that you've done, it's like when you're out in nature, you know, it's like, it looks like it might rain. Uh-huh. You're running out of light. Uh-huh. It's super <laughs> uncomfortable. Or, you know, there's some cases where I've gone to the beach and I'll be working on headphones for like an hour and I turn around, and there's like 10 people behind me and, like, look, and it's super creepy. So there's all of these things that are like, you have to, you know, work fast and, and in a, in a weird way, that's great. I think that's kind of a cool. That's funny. And I think the danger, the danger of being in a studio, and I know this with collaborations I've done, is like if you don't have a deadline or some thing, it's like, well, I could always fix it later, or yeah. well, you know, it just kind of goes on and on and on. So like having having some creative restrictions, I think is. Whether they be like I'm on the side of a cliff and this is super dangerous and stupid, <laughs> or if it's like a, a time limit or what a gear, right, you know, right. I think I think that's really helpful. I think it's especially helpful in the modular world because it's a it's there's always something you could do to change or quote unquote improve. Usually, when you follow that improve uh, road, you end up fucking it up. But yeah, I think right. having some sort of I think deadlines or or parameters are very important. Um, I always get set up. I do the exact opposite. I make sure I've got it set up and I've ran through the patch a few times when I go out because people start talking to me and battery power and uh-huh. I'm in the Pacific Northwest and it could rain at any moment. Any second, so I'm like, yeah. I'm, I'm like the music for me is the, what I'm calling the easy part. And kind of like, I was thinking about this yesterday. I was like, Oh, the, like the filming part is what I'm most mm-hmm. enjoying, well, you know, and like putting right, right. together like a film, the music, I still, of course I enjoy it, but it seems it's like I'm comfortable there, but this, this right. is the You've been doing thing. that longer. Yeah. Well, yeah. Cause the process for me is like, I go out there. Usually I don't know where I'm going to go. Just a general area. I drive around or hike, mm-hmm. find the spot. Like, Oh, this is cool. Set up, write the piece of music. And then it's like, okay, I got the music. Now I got to find a good camera angle and all that. So it's like this multi-stage process, which by the end of it, it's compressed, but by the end of it, it's exhausting. Oh, totally. And then especially yeah. if you're like lugging this thing <laughs> and you're in some, you know, at the end of it, you're, yeah, tired. It's really, yeah. And you feel like, well, it's funny. There's like, there was one time I did two in one day. And there's a, I don't know if you're familiar with Southern California at all, but there's this road called the Angeles Crest Highway, which is near my house. Okay. It's a 70 mile road that goes through the mountains. It's really beautiful. And I do a lot of the stuff that I do up there. And I did one of these things and there was snow in the mountains and I had gone out and I did my patch and there's something satisfying. You're like, ah, that was cool. Mm-hmm. That was a decent piece of music. I, I accomplished this thing, you know, whatever. And I'm driving back and it's now sunset, you know, obviously you might be in the most beautiful spot in the world in nature, but if it's nighttime, it's like, you might as well be in your closet, right, right. you know, so <laughs> you have this light issue. And so I got my thing done and I'm driving back and it's like, now the sun is setting. It's like, oh my God, this is so beautiful. And I pulled up to this spot and it's like, I'm going to try to do another one. Uh-huh. And the case was still patched, but it was a little bit different as modular synths are. Even if they're still patched, uh-huh. you turn it on, it's going to be kind of different. And then I, I set it down and it was like literally good to go. Uh-huh. Like I didn't have to touch it. It's totally different from the previous patch, but like, cause the way the, 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 Crea, the Monome app for the grid that I use all the time works, is it, I don't save them. So I had to like write new notes and new sequences, but the patch remained the same and it came out totally different. 
And yeah, it's probably the favorite, my favorite thing that I ever did. And it took me like two minutes. I love that. I love that. that happened. You know? Yeah. So I went to, I have a, a kind of a similar story. This was the time that I, I did write on the spot because I went for a, a two night solo camping trip to Mount, Mount Rainier for the express oh, purpose amazing. of getting an awesome video. Like I'll, I'll, right. you know, maybe two, um, and I got there, and the night, the, the first night, I'm building this patch for you know the next day because I want to wake up early in the morning and find the perfect spot. And right. I go and do that, and I get like what I thought was a pretty cool patch with a great background and everything. And then I was like, well, I got one, and I got another night to go. Let's just at, at that point, all the stress was kind of taken off of me because I'm right. like, right, I'm, right, right. I'm out here for this. It's got to be good. Mm. And like I said, I like the patch that I did that you know that night before, but it wasn't my favorite thing. And then I, uh, I just was like fucking around, sitting by the fire and patching by the fire, drinking beer, and ended up making like a way cooler patch. <laughs> and and, mm-hmm. and and then I just filmed me sitting at the fire doing that. And right, you know, going back to like what you're saying is like this thing got more likes than this. Like that one has so many more views than like ones the, some of the other videos where I'm like, you guys, this is the better video. You know, right. but it is the better track. So it, yeah, I don't know. It's it's so it's, all that stuff is so it's, weird. And 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 I think after you, I've done it, you know, like I haven't been doing it that long. So I imagine you probably reached this realization way before. But like, it's more about just the fun of doing it. Don't fucking worry about. Well, that's that what stuff. I was about to say. Uh, my uh, very good friend of mine, who you've had on your show, uh, Jonathan Snipes. Oh, he yeah. does uh, a lot of field recording, mm-hmm. and we do a lot of hiking together. And um, he'll bring his field recording stuff right and we've got, he's gotten some amazing stuff on our hikes and we talk about this a lot and it's similar to when you go out and i'm curious what other people who do the synth thing too how they feel about this but like sometimes you'll take all your recording equipment or your synthesizer you go out and it just sucks mm-hmm. it doesn't work you know you, you didn't write something good whatever it does it like there's a technical problem or it just doesn't work but that's totally fine yeah you know you're out there you're doing this thing and that's part of it's not just we have this kind of like consumerist mentality that we have to produce a mm-hmm, thing mm-hmm. and it's not we don't and you know and it's cool when you do because then it's a piece of art that hopefully you, you know you get some you put it up there and you get feedback and that's like a that's a good feeling but it's it's about doing the thing yeah, you know definitely. and and that's like i mean if I'm being perfectly honest, if you do that and you don't get something, it's kind of disappointing sometimes. Absolutely, but, yeah. Uh, that's all part of the process, and that's okay. And, and I forget, Jonathan was talking to me about another field recordist, and I can't remember the person he was talking about, but would do these really elaborate, you know, I go out sometimes oh, on a hike. Is it the guy that they worked on their, like, live album with? Um, oh, no, that's okay. uh, Christopher Flieger. Right, yeah. This okay. is, I don't think it was just somebody he knew personally. Oh, okay. Uh, Christopher's amazing, yeah. though. Uh, um uh, yeah, but this other guy will go like, you know, get on a plane and travel to another continent to do whatever, to record this specific bird or something uh-huh, uh-huh. and doesn't do it. And it'll be two weeks of his life. And it's like, eh, no, yeah, it didn't work. Yeah, that's, you know, that's... <laughs> and it's like, that's, that's part of the process. That's, that's what you're doing. Totally. You know, so when I think about, you know, the times that either I made a mistake or the, the patch I did, I didn't like. You know, I don't, there's a temptation to like, oh, I made all this effort. I got to mm-hmm. get something out of it. And it's like, well, you did. Yeah. You know, you know that you shouldn't do this or yeah. whatever, yeah. you know, there's more like, yeah. It's funny you, so that, you mentioned field recording in that aspect. Cause I think you kind of just connected some dots for me. Like 
one doing these field recordings where you don't have a whole lot of control how it turns out and and that's part of it but also the first time my wife put on the headphones with the Zoom H6 recorder at a campsite, I saw her eyes light up and I was like, mm-hmm. doesn't that sound cool? Mm-hmm. And now she's super into it. We bought a shotgun mic and now we go out and record stuff and she's like a field recordist right. and she's, she's never been a musician or anything. Now she's into that. And seeing her get into it kind of made me get into it more. I started realizing we were recording so much stuff. I'm like, we're never going to use half of this. And I'm like, it doesn't, that doesn't matter at all because it's like, it's the doing it. And I think that's the same thing with music. And here's the secret that I learned that I wish I could have like realized way earlier is that, that feeling that you get when you're really onto something and you're having a lot of fun and you're like in the zone Mm-hmm. of creation no amount of praise or amount of streams or likes will ever come or close whatever. to that that feeling absolutely it, absolutely <laughs> yeah yeah totally agree ah that's that's uh i think that's an, an excellent place to uh make the transition to a patch challenge all right um it sounds good yeah we're right at an hour so let me let me get some words generated for you here um I'm going to give you some moods to choose from. Let's see here. So there's a bunch of moods, but I'm just going to give you a few. Mysterious, uh, rhythmic, light, or aggressive? Well, I think rhythmic um, is one of the things that I'm switching from doing, putting more drums in my music. So I think... Uh, the patch challenge doesn't have to be just modular, correct? No, you can do whatever you want. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. I used to have tighter... I used to have um, uh, more parameters on it, but that's pre-pandemic and when I was doing it in person. And what would happen... The reason I did a 15-minute time limit is because when it, what would happen is I'd go over and we'd talk for an hour, and then they would patch for an hour and a half. And I'd be like, I have to go right, home. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. For the, uh, the time limits are fine. I like time limits. Uh, ooh. So yeah, rhythmic. This isn't this. This is funny that this came up in rhythmic, but I think it's it just kind of has a, a poetic ring to it. Tonal subtleties. Tonal, I I love it. That sounds good. That's great. Awesome. Tonal subtleties. Yeah. Well, David, is there anything you'd like to shout from the modular mountaintops before we sign uh, off today? Oh, geez, I don't know. That's especially fitting for you because you're always on mountaintops. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Well, don't shout. Don't shout. That's rude. And the people who like go up and hike and they have their, their radio. Oh, and I hate blasting. that. If you go into nature yeah. and you have your Bluetooth speaker on, you're a bad oh. person. I'm just saying that right now. <laughs> I, I totally agree. Except there's this one woman in the mountain near me. This is totally irrelevant. But uh, she listens to uh, opera. Uh-huh. And it's like, okay, I, uh, you know, I, I don't like this, but... You get a pass. It's better yeah, than so, 50 Cent or something like that, you know, like, or, or anything, Miley anything Cyrus. Else, yeah. or... <laughs> Go out into nature to, to listen to, to, to Journey or something. Yeah, Although right. I like Journey. And it's not just uh, hiking. If you're at the public beach and everything, there's, there's this group of kids down at this public beach. God, I sound old. Um, <laughs> but they're just, bla- it's like, it's, it's, they have the, it's my world, you're living in it. You know? Right. Like. Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, just, you know. Be quiet and, and uh, <laughs> just listen to the mountains. Yeah, I don't know. yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's... Where can I send people to check out your stuff? 
Um, Instagram, which is just my name. And then I have a website that is, uh, you know, nobody visits. It's a website and that seems very... (laughs) 15 years ago. Yeah, right. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, there's a YouTube and Instagram and uh and and uh yeah, oh. Bandcamp and I the, the album will be out on Bandcamp and Mystery Circles hopefully soon. Okay, cool. Well, thank you so much for your time. Yeah, thank you, man. This was awesome. Let's check out Tonal Subtleties from David Rothbaum. that's our show big thanks to david for coming on it was an awesome chat awesome patch um and please go check out his new record link in the show description out on mystery circles um lots of mystery circles stuff coming up in the show lately um some by design but some by accident mystery circles is just all over the place right now great label um thank you to patchworks seattle needham woodworks after later audio and of course you the show would not exist without you. And an extra big special thanks to anybody who is currently or has supported me on Patreon. Um, if you would like to help keep the show going in the current capacity that it is, please visit Patchworks. Not Patchwork. God damn it. Patreon.com forward slash Podular Modcast. You know I could edit that out, but I'm real. I'm a real person and I want you to see who I am. Um, I think that's about all I have to say this week. Uh... Yeah, I just I just love that you I love that you y'all still listening. Until next week.